Hello everyone, welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum, where you will hear about car news, car culture, and car talks. Here's your host, Cody Wagner. Hello everyone, I am back again with another week of podcasting. I have a special guest this week, Mr. Ralph Gilles, head designer of SCA. How are you doing? Great. Good afternoon. So I guess we'll start off with the 12 questions I have lined up here. How did the engineering team get the Viper to be so sure? Well, the Viper is actually what we call a mid-engine supercar. So it's the engine in the front, but it's so, so far back that the driver and passenger actually straddle the engine. So if you can imagine where your kneecaps are is where the back of the block is, kind of where the clutch is, I guess. That's why the car is so wide, so that the engine can fit in between. A lot of people don't know it, but it's actually two inches shorter than the latest 911. So it's actually, it's it's shorter than it looks. (laughs) Yeah, I actually did some research on that. It's even... The wheelbase, anyway, is even shorter than a Subaru BRZ as well. Yeah, it's actually about the size of a BRZ. It's just a lot wider. Yeah, it looks oh, that's amazing to me. Yeah. So what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, my day is, is kind of a neat thing. I mean, some days are honestly, I'm answering a lot of emails and doing a lot of meetings because, uh, you know, running an office this size is like running a small city sometimes. Uh, but a fun day is when I walk the studios and I get to uh, look at sketches. I mean, that's my favorite time of the process is when ideas are literally pencil sketches or digital sketches and, and uh, we're debating uh, ideas even without sketches, sometimes just words and post-it notes on a wall. So I just like, in general, I like the creative process. I like pondering the future with my designers and then watching it take shape. And then the other uh, favorite part of strolling the studios and watching all the different, because any given day, there's some projects, you know, because we have like seven studios. So one, some projects may be in sketch form, others are in uh, in full-size clay form, and others are, are getting to the shiny stage, I call it, where the car is, is pretty much ready to go into production. So there's kind of each process. As I walk through the studio, it's like a time warp machine going from the different processes. You know. Yeah, the Chrysler Portal must have been very interesting to see come to life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun to do, and, and that was a little quicker. Most cars take between two and a half years to four years to do, and wow. the Portal as a as a concept car, uh, we thought about the car for over two years, but the actual making of the car took less than seven months. Wow. What was the most frustrating car to work on in the wind tunnel? Uh, the wind tunnel, wow, frustrating. That's a good question. Well, sometimes <laughs> cars that look aerodynamic aren't necessarily aerodynamic, and some cars that look you know, blocky can be actually surprisingly slippery. Uh, I wouldn't say none of them are frustrating because I, I love the process. My my designers love going through the wind tunnel because you always learn something. Even though no matter how long you've been designing cars, you always learn something because a little detail on the front of the car can affect the back of the car when you're doing aero. But I would say um, probably the Pacifico was 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 fun because it's a good sized car and trying to make it as slippery as possible and it, it's best in class and it's also the most aerodynamic van we've ever done yeah. and a lot of that actually came from the underbody of the car parts that we don't have to do with um, more engineering had to really uh, be creative and luckily we had a brand new platform so you can really think about where every little hose and cable and suspension arm goes and when you add that with the work we did on the top side of the vehicle you get something really really efficient wow that's, that's incredible i remember reading a lot of comments of people trying to figure out what the pacifico was based on yeah, it's its own platform and and honestly it sounds really funny but if <laughs> For any reason, you see one or you're at a dealership, it sounds crazy, but I would get on my knees and look under the car. It's it's beautiful how well, I mean, it looks like a race car underneath, solely flat and, and really, and the, most of our newer cars are made that way. And to be honest with you, Europeans have done it that way. The new Alfa Romeos are that way from us. And uh, there's just a lot more time being spent on aerodynamics in general in the industry. Yeah, the other side of the new Ferrari 812 Superfast is incredible. Yeah, the, the auto show a few years ago, they used to, 
they almost hung the Ferraris upside down so people could appreciate the, <laughs> all the work they did. <laughs> I'm sure when you, you play with your Hot Wheels, you look under them, right? So, you know, it's yeah. funny. All those Hot Wheel cars are flat. The new cars are actually looking like Hot Wheels cars. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have one on my computer right now. <laughs> What's your favorite car? I like, um, well, it depends on what side of my brain you're talking about. In terms of, you're going to laugh at me, but I, 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 res- I love minivans. I always have. I think they're the most practical thing you can get. Uh, but I, right now I'm in love with my Julia. Um, it's one of my daily driver, which is a new Alfa Romeo s- sedan. Uh, it's kind of, it does everything. It's a great commuter car. It's very efficient. It's very sporty. It's fun. The racer side of my brain, I love the Viper still. And I really, just yeah. because I actually use it as intended. I go to track days, and it's my hobby. I do about 12 track days a, week, a year, and, and most of it's the guys I hang out with, but it's a lot of fun to really try to master that car. It's like a fighter plane on the on a, on a road course, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of people describe the cockpit as, fighter plane type. <laughs> yeah, but I like a lot of cars. I mean, it's a really difficult question to ask a car designer because I, I really respect a lot of my competitors. I, I like a lot of our own products, but uh, it's I like elements of many different cars, I, I think. you know. But the thing that turns me on, so to speak, about uh, cars in general is I can, I can recognize the effort behind any car. Like right now, the Ford GT is hard to argue. It's... It, it took a lot of willpower to get a car that radical through any system, you know, or any company. So yeah. I really have that, to That car looks incredible. It's Ford interesting did. that you say that you really like minivans. I like a lot of 80s American cars. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we're not the, you're not yeah. the only one with weird taste. <laughs> they were going, yeah, that was a quirky stage, you know. Even our little uh, Omni GLH, you know, there was some really. Oh, I had, love those. They put big engines in some pretty homely cars and turned them into cool cars. Yeah, the Shelby CSX is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, the Shelby, yeah, that's great. So what two vintage cars would you love to do a vintage racing shootout in? Oh, wow. Well, uh, it's an easy one. I love the Alfa Romeo GTV or GTA. Um, oh, yeah. They used to do Trans Am racing. With, it would be the Europeans against the Americans, uh, Datsun, BRZ, BREs, and that whole era of racing was great because the cars looked like, showroom cars they really were called showroom racing and, and yeah. all they had was you know fat tires on them and and they were really <laughs> cool so I, I think uh if i go back in time i'd do that and people still race me i just came from laguna seca uh the historics and people are still running those cars around a yeah, couple times a year still going around racetracks yeah so but i've done happened? open wheel school i really like uh i've done the jim russell school other ones like that the bondurant schools and i i love open wheel uh, they, yeah. They've had open wheels for years and years, but it, it's something really, really visceral about driving an open wheel car like that. Just going to a go kart track, the action carting out in Bandemir made my hands sore. <laughs> so, what are the fastest times in your back backyard go kart track? Well, I have a. Uh, there's two versions of the track. There's a long and short loop. Um, I think oh. on the short loop, the record's like 25. I think. A friend of mine who's a pro racer beat me by one thousandth of a second, so I think it's like 25.663 or something like that. And then the longer loop adds about 15 seconds, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. We actually just had some friends over this weekend, and uh, we do kind of like a leaderboard, top gear leaderboard type shootout where yeah, <laughs> same car, same track, everyone has three laps to try to beat each other, so it's a lot of fun. No drinking yeah, allowed, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of fixing fences, so. Everybody's only drinking water. So. <laughs> yeah. What was the idea behind putting 22-inch rims on Vanessa? Well, it goes back to um, this love affair with minivans I have. I mean, I, when the, you know, we coined the term man van a long time ago. We just loved the idea of why can't a van do everything. I mean, when I had my first minivan, I had 
a, a child on the way, and I bought a minivan, and I switched it. You know, I put bigger wheels and tires on, and I got a lot of thumbs up. I just did it for myself. I just thought it was fun. And I had to sell my sports car because we could only afford one vehicle at the time. Um, so I tried to make my van as sporty as I could. And then yeah. when I got we got New Pacifica, I, uh, just as an experiment, we tried it. It's not validated, so we can't endorse it for anyone else to try it. But we uh, we did as an office project uh, to see how the, how the vehicle would look. And it looked great with 22s, and we blacked out all the chrome. And it's just there to, to almost what the aftermarket does. We wanted to see what 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 if someone wanted to what they could do with the minivan and it looks good you know pacifica if, if people have looked it up on my instagram they could see uh our project vanessa we called it vanessa after vanessa williams miss america i forget oh, what yeah. that was yeah <laughs> i saw all those instagram pictures they look great yeah and again uh and now it's we've it's now part of our fleet in designs that people borrow it all the time and they get a lot of great reactions from, from oh cool so were you always interested in cars yeah, I was. I mean, I grew up, I'm a little older than people might think, but I grew up in the 70s, and, and back then the cars were not very good looking because there was a, there was a lot of crises going on, so the, the designs were, were quickly changing from large American cars, and the, the Americans were trying to do small cars, and they just weren't good looking cars. So I, I grew up walking the streets of Montreal staring at the cars, and, and as a kid I didn't know why, but I just thought they were ugly, you know? And I was <laughs> tripping on a few beautiful cars, um, and thinking, wow, those cars are gorgeous. You know, why are those so pretty? And I started to buy car magazines, and and I noticed there was a huge difference between the cars that I thought were attractive and the ones that weren't. So I started to kind of get pay more attention to that, and and then of course I discovered supercars, and and the supercars kind of stayed pretty cool. You know, now if you remember, uh, you're probably not old enough to remember the very first James Bond movie, one of the early ones that had the the Lotus in there, and and back when I grew up, cars were almost like stars. I mean, cars were featured in, in movies a lot, and even uh, date, uh, nighttime television, primetime television had car-themed, you know, Magnum P.I. to Knight Rider to Dukes of Hazard to, you know. So as a yeah. kid, you're bombarded with cars almost as being as important as the star of the show was, you know. Uh, yeah. So you almost couldn't help it. I've the Bandit more than ten times. Exactly. Smoking the Bandit, um, Dantana. I mean, there was a lot of shows with with cars in them. So yeah, and then I, I started because my parents weren't in the cars, and my friends certainly weren't. So it wasn't until much later, once I graduated from school, that I could kind of tinker with cars. But I've always yeah. appreciated them. So what was your favorite moment when you were designing a Gen B early on? I think it was showing it to the boss for the first time when we uh, we finally had the model mature enough and we're ready to. And we took a chance because we got the car pretty far along. Um, he knew we were working on it, but he hadn't really realized we got it that far. So uh, showing it to him is like opening up a restaurant and having the, the most difficult critic come in, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, was nerve-wracking. Um, and his his uh, initial reaction was just so amazing you know, and so rewarding for all of us. He really liked it a lot and, and uh, was very happy with it. So that was that was a great moment. Gordon Ramsay on Kitchen Nightmares, except better. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. So what stage are you excited for future cars to enter, if you can talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I think we're, I think they already entered it. You know, what I like about our times that we live in right now is that there's just so many type of cars out there. I mean, that really, if you think about it, all the, you know, for the most part, all the cars that we know and love are still around. And there's a lot of future yeah. stuff going around. There's electric cars being made more than ever. There's you know, prototype cars, uh, single manufacturers still around. There's uh, corporations making some of the, the coolest cars ever, you know, exotics to supercars to our, our Hellcats and Demons, and, and yet, P, you know, plug-in hybrid minivans that we make. So there's just a lot of variety right now. And it's, to me, the future is is that, you know, we're really kind of offering the, the consumer a lot of choices, a lot of uh, derivatives within 
you know, car lines, like car trucks, for example, have never been more luxurious. Uh, you would think of a truck as just being a tool, but people are buying them as luxury vehicles, so we're, we're adapting them. It's just amazing to me how, how much every product is diversifying into almost subgroups of itself, you know. So in a way, the future is already upon us. I think the the tech piece, we, we were early adopters of, of the big screens in the cars. You know, the voice command is getting better every year. So a lot of the stuff that you see in the tech industry is, is absolutely spilling into the car. And, and Palo Alto, California is, is definitely interested in, in being in the car, and, and, and we welcome it. And I think it's exciting to see the two worlds kind of colliding in a good way. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of all that, you know, you can't read a paper or read something without hearing about autonomous cars. It's exciting. Yeah. I look at that as anything else. I look at it as a, as a good thing because it would make cars a lot safer yet. I'm a big proponent of safe driving. I'm a big proponent of skilled driving. So I think if you can have that technology be an overlay and make cars safer and extend mobility for people that are that are handicapped or, or vision impaired or things like that. So I think that those solutions are going to make the, make highways safer. They're going to make people be able to be mobile, um, but I really don't fear it. A lot of people say, oh, you know, as an enthusiast, do you look at autonomous cars as the as the end of an era? And I say, no, not really. I just look at it as an expansion of what we enjoy today, you know what I mean? Like, you, you have airlines and you still have personal aircraft, you know? <laughs> so, um, at the same time, at the same time, there are pr- private racetracks uh, sprouting all over the U.S., all over the world, really. There's a huge movement. So, as the cars get more capable, you can't really drive some of these supercars safely on the public roads, so people are, are discovering the hobby of, of sports car driving, and it makes you a better driver on the road. So I think that I'm happy to see that happening as well, to, to keep that stuff off the roads and people hurting themselves, you know. Yeah, but I love that just a lot of regular cars these days are looking absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. You, know, a lot of, you get a lot of value in these days, and a lot of tech, a lot of performance, stuff that was on supercars 10 years ago or, or on everyday cars now, you know, so. Yeah, the VFST being... What's your advice for young car enthusiasts out there? I think for one, um, and this is, I don't know who your audience is exactly, but I I think the auto industry might be misunderstood sometimes, especially if you're not in it or not close to this area or or areas that have, you know, there's really, what I've noticed in my 25 years in the industry is how, especially in the last five years, it's fragmenting in a good way where, like I said, the technology piece has created new job types. I mean, right now yeah. we have entire new departments that didn't exist five years ago, or we call it user experience. So we have designers that are dedicated to designing the experience of the car itself. The, the minute you turn the ignition on and, and the screens light up and the car it goes into a sequence of events and all of a sudden you start interacting with the car, we're designing that experience today. Some of it's already on the road. Some of it's yet to come. Um, that's a whole field. Then we have vehicle integration, which is really exploding now. How do you combine hybrid systems with gas systems with, with autonomous systems all together and make the car seamless? I mean, you could really – it's a lot going on in the car. It's more complicated than spacecraft in some ways, you know. Um, <laughs> so there's a huge tech component that's that's really uh, coming heavy into the auto industry. It's not just engines, brakes, and aerodynamics. It's really much more than that. And I think a lot of, a lot of the smartest – Young graduates uh, need to really think twice about not ignoring the auto industry and actually coming. You know, not that we're having we're having a little trouble finding that talent because they want to go into sci-fi world. They want to go into you know making movies and video games. I hear that so much that kids want to you know they play video games all their lives and now they want to go design them and make them. Um, and I tell you, the stuff we're doing in cars is using that same technology. We actually use the same computers that uh, the movie makers do and the video gamers use, right? So we have some of the coolest tech that we use to create the tech. So it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of opportunities in the automotive industry. Yeah. I hear, I hear the gaming talk all the time from my sister because she's big into STEM, and she's yeah. kind of trying to figure out 
where she wants to go in the STEM field right now, so gaming a part of that as well. See, that word offends me, STEM. You know why? Because it's missing the A. See, I'm a big believer. I forgot to mention STEAM. Ah, exactly. I'm an artist, but I, and I and I rub shoulders with engineers every day, so I, I remind them how important the art piece, because it, it's always going to be part of what we do. You know, I think making uh, what we do attractive and, and elegant. You know, designers don't just make it pretty. We really try to control the whole experience from the minute you see the yeah. car, use it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, tell your sister this. Uh, we're waiting for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. could use a girl just like her. Yeah. really interesting. After all this time of me talking to cars about her, last minute, yeah, you know what, I'm going to join you at FCA. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, and even the whole idea of having more women in the industry is, is also awesome. You know, if you, people may not know this, but 52% of car buyers are women. You know, they buy more new cars than, than men do, and, and uh, that's definitely not what the case is in engineering. And especially yeah. in industrial design, it's there's really only 10% I find when I go to schools that, that graduate women. And I know a lot of women that like cars and love cars, but I don't think they imagine themselves in that industry because they might believe it's more male-dominated, but that's definitely changing. So who influenced you the most to pursue your dreams? Uh, Chrysler itself. I mean, I uh, I think I, I had an that that noticed my – I would sketch all the time, sketch cars, read about cars, and she says, hey, you really like cars. So uh, she picked Chrysler um, to write a letter to. She, she helped me write a letter to Chrysler and found the address for Chrysler. And uh, I have it literally framed in my office, you know, <laughs> that letter they wrote back to me, and that got me to, to understand that, wow, you know, there's a big company out there that, that actually noticed me and whatever wanted me to, to apply. Uh, so I would say to anyone in that same situation, it's a lot easier today. I mean, the Internet didn't even exist. That's how crusty I am, you know. <laughs> but it's a lot easier to to, under, to reverse engineer careers and, and search different career types and whatever your interests are you'd be surprised how it's possible to reach someone doing your dream job. You know, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure Mr. Lasseter at Pixar and Disney gets letters like I get from people that want to do car design or want to do animation or whatever it is that your dreams are. Go find someone who does it for a living and, and see how they got there and, and uh, ask questions. And, and nine times out of ten, the, everyone wants to help out the dreamers, you know, so it's okay to dream big. Um, but also be patient. I don't think you – a lot of kids, like, they want to – just because they wrote the letter, they want me to hire them the next morning. It doesn't work quite like that. You know, you have to yeah. try to find the schools that are appropriate. And, and the other thing I would say, I meet a lot of kids that go, well, I can't afford college. And I said, well, you'd be amazed how much how many unclaimed scholarships are out there. Um, if you have halfway decent grades, you can you can get into some of the best colleges. And it took me 11 years to pay off my student loans. You know, I wow. did it. It wasn't easy, but I did it. And today I can't even remember it. I don't even, you know, I, it's, it feels like it was so long ago and I've moved on. <laughs> and uh, made plenty of money to make up for that. So in, in a way, don't ever let stuff like that be a barrier. You know, just just go for it. Yeah. And what I've heard, a lot of schools, yeah, a lot of schools offer scholarships. Once you're once you're in there and you start performing, there's still more scholarships to be had, you know. Yeah. Don't ever let, let that scare you away. So, yeah, and, and throughout my career, I've had great mentors. That's another piece of advice I give to a lot of people is make sure you find mentors to help you and uh i find this generation is far more open-minded to getting mentorship it's a lot easier now just with, with yeah. the way social media is yeah yeah i remember looking at my dad's durango in the garage i don't even know how many years ago and that that looking at it seriously that one time i think is what really started it for me because then I found, I found a bunch of online fiber games and i started researching <laughs> it looking on yeah. more sites and you know then the letter to you and then here we are now <laughs> 
Yeah, so. see? <laughs> you wrote me a letter and we're on the phone now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm also impressed by that. You know, I, I love to see people take that chance. And, you know, so I hate to turn people down when they, they make the Yeah. Extra. My mom and my sister really pushed me for to, to do that on mm-hmm. on Twitter, to write. You say, oh, hey, look. And, you know, I was that kid oh so many years ago. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining us. I am so happy to have you on. That was a lot of fun. Hopefully uh, it was enlightening and uh, inspired anyone out there. So <laughs> chase their dreams. You have just listened to Cody's Car Conundrum. Be sure to join us every Sunday. You can subscribe to Cody's YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash C slash Viper for Life ACR. Be sure to get Cody's books on Amazon at www.amazon.com slash Cody dash Wagner slash E slash capital B zero one nine capital K capital X seven two capital Z eight. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to Dr. Taffy seven 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 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Be sure to follow Cody here so you don't miss any episodes. Bye until next time.